0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs> Do you know what anarchy is? Really? Have you ever watched the news and thought, They're lying to me. Have you ever tried to make sense of the internet? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Sidetrack. Sit back, relax, relax. For light lament as Poe Hotchkiss takes Scott Culbertson on a guided tour of the rabbit hole. All right, well, welcome huh. to the show,
1: everybody. What's going on? So, uh, not a big
0: show tonight. So I figure we should just we plow we plow right in just because
1: at? uh We do. He's uh, sitting right here. Uh, I'm going to bring him on right now. Adam, you are live. How's it going? Outstanding. Hey, I was Not bad. Hello. Actually, pretty good. A lot better than the last time we
0: talked. So that's something to say. Awesome. A lot better intro How about show, yourself? Though? I hate your
2: shirts. <laughs> no kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I've been awesome. We had a great tour this year. We have an incredible organization coming together, and we have uh, a lot of big announcements coming up, uh, just sort of rolled into one coming up on January 16th with the uh, Finally Free America campaign.
0: So, so you're going to throw your hat okay, into so, the big ramp. Is this what I'm hearing? It's it's uh, well, we have actually already filed the paperwork. Nice. So did you did you file under a party or independent? Uh,
1: as a libertarian. Okay. Okay. Hmm, so you're going to have to get their uh, their vote, right?
2: Uh, Well, the nomination of the party happens at the National Convention, and it is the decision of the delegates who show up there, usually about 1,100 at the uh, presidential nominating conventions. And it's a a very interesting competition uh, to get the Libertarian Party nomination. And uh, it's Mm -hmm. basically about getting your people in, uh, state by state as delegates in the party process. And that's been the focus of our campaign so far. And it's been, uh, you know, going state by state as we did on this last tour and recruiting people who say that they want to be delegates to say, Hey, we want to be involved with the party. Uh, we, we are, we, we want to bring about a new direction for the party. And that's what we're working on for the 2018 convention, So it's not just a warm-up for us, but we're already organizing for that. And New Orleans 2018 is going to be very exciting. And uh, my agenda, our agenda, the Freedom Family agenda for the 2018 Libertarian National Convention is to pass the Farmer Localization Amendment and the Unity Statement that we think uh, goes along with that. And the localization amendment really uh, essentially inserts one word into the concept of the party platform. And we're we're actually inserting uh, a sentence to the section about um, self-determination. And it says we support the elimination, reduction, and localization of government wherever and whenever possible. And so that's the localization element, and it really is just summed up in that context by that one word, and making sure that that's a part of the message of the Libertarian Party. And this is something that has is, is been very important to me. And if you're familiar with, uh, with with my book at all, Freedom, which you can get for free at thefreedomline.com, it's uh, a, a been a, an important conclusion that I've come to over 10 years of Libertarian activism that the "everybody gets what they want" strategy. Is not to abolish government or to have a revolution or to you know get it back to the constitution, but to localize well, okay. it down hey, that, to the community level.
0: That, that's that's awesome, and you are on the ball right now. Um, which which that kind of leads into my question, because uh, like they just passed the the budget bill, and you know, and it's the whole thing. Oh, shutting down the government and the blah blah blah, you know. And uh, wouldn't the president have power to veto any bill that they pass like that? Could you shut the government down from that position? Well, the platform. Now wait. If it came to the kick (laughs) the bucket, if it came to the kick the bucket politics, would you be able to kick that bucket?
2: Okay, so I'm really glad you asked the question that way because I get to explain why it's completely irrelevant. And I say that because the what we're doing with this campaign I, I, on this on this tour, we said I'm running for not president because we had not filed right. paperwork yet and wanted to maintain legal compliance in that sense. But also because it was more accurate, and it still is more accurate to say. That I'm running for not president because the platform is the immediate dissolution of the entire United States federal government with a single executive order. Now, of course, there's an orderly responsible process, but with this signing of the executive order, that is the one thing that I would do as president. I effectively resign in this executive order to be custodian of the federal government with only the authority to oversee this process. And we immediately declare the federal government of no authority. It is a bankrupt institution. And I'm going in as a bankruptcy agent to pick up the pieces, clean up the mess and do the best that we can to have an orderly dissolution that pays back the true creditors of the American federal government, the American people, not, you know, the foreign corporations and foreign banks and foreign governments that own the debt on paper. No, we are, are disowning that, and as we liquidate the federal government, all of the proceeds that remain at the end of that process go to fund Social Security as a spun-off institution that pays out the money until it runs out.
1: Nice. Honestly, I, I like I like pretty much everything you just said. <laughs> You're on the ball
2: tonight. So one way or another, to, to to bring it back to your question specifically, one way or another – I am not going to be in a position to do what you, what you ask because Congress will, and, and you know, I've, I, at this point I can only commit to the, uh, the, the broader parameters of this platform. I can't promise exactly how it's going to go administratively, but we will have all of that laid out in an executive order on our website that you will be able to see by the time we win the nomination in 2020 so by the time i am the nominee of the lp we get on the national stage we will have the plan laid out the executive order in its exact text on our website and you will be able to see it and so in november 2020 the american people will know exactly what they are voting for and it's not for me to be president we are turning the presidential election into a referendum on whether or not the federal government should be allowed to continue to exist at all. And if the American people realize that this is our opportunity to lead the world forward in freedom, as we did with the first American Revolution, by taking down the biggest empire the world had ever known, then this is the plan that we are going to carry out in order to leave ourselves with no federal government and 50 independent states, territories and sovereign native nations. So what happens to Congress exactly? I don't know, but effectively, they're of no authority either, except as possibly part of this process of dismantling and apportioning the various resources of the federal government to the states or congressional districts.
1: What I like about this a lot is that this sounds like the most um, peaceful and well-mannered way to dismantle a government. So those people who always want to say anarchy is all about chaos and it's crazy and it's madness and this sounds this sounds like something you would do at the dinner table, you know? Like, hey, just so you know, we're not <laughs> going to do that anymore. We're going to stop. All right. Yeah. That's, that's good. Okay, well, I, not have I this have, anymore.
0: I have a question. I have a question <laughs> about the Libertarian Party itself because you know you're you're running inside that platform, right? So you're going yes. to the, uh, their elections and conventions. And uh, what, what, what's the, I don't know, what, what's the atmosphere like? Well, I think,
2: I think people are, uh, I mean, by and large, the base of the Libertarian Party uh, supports this message, supports this platform. They, they, this, they, they, the only reservation is, you know, is it practical? And when you explain, hey, This is the everybody gets what they want strategy. This is how we get conservatives and liberals on board is to say, look, you want to live in a liberal state? You want to live in a conservative state? Great. We want you to be able to do that, right? And I think most of them see that this is a better strategy than what we have pursued in the last two election cycles. And I say this as someone who at least barely, you know, I do consider myself a personal friend. Of Governor Gary Johnson And I think he is a great man I think he is a man of of integrity And a man of principle And I think he demonstrated that As Governor of New Mexico That being said, he's not a libertarian Most libertarians Acknowledge this He's a libertarian-leaning moderate Socially liberal, fiscally conservative And when you go to the American people And say, look, we're the best of both worlds They say, you mean both crap worlds We don't want anything to do with and I think that yeah. they've recognized that that's a losing strategy. And if the Libertarian Party wants to have a chance of being relevant, we have to be as bold as our principles and not compromise. Because when you do compromise, people see it. It's weak. They don't like that. You mm-hmm. know? And if you say, no, I'm taking a stand on principle. I'm drawing a line in the sand. Not only that, I'm uniting people. We're bringing people together on this. Left, right, and center united against the common enemy of big centralized government. We're not arguing about who's going to build the roads or, you know, our ideal principles and philosophies. Yes, these are our principles. We believe in the non-aggression principle. We believe in self-ownership. We believe in a system of ethics based upon that. But here's the practical plan that we get as, a pl- as as we apply those principles. And it just so happens to be a plan that immediately improves everyone's lives. And that's the beauty of it. And this is – Sort of, I think most people in the party have gone through a process similar uh, to, to, to everyone's. I mean, there's kind of an, you know uh, an awakening, and, and I don't really like that word. I don't like the analogy that it implies that you know because it, it implies if you don't mm-hmm. get what we get that you're asleep, and that's that's just unnecessarily right. demeaning. Uh, because there are a lot of people who just, you know, don't care about politics, and that's good. You know, they've minimized the role of government in their life so much that they live well and just ignore it. That's, you know, that's awesome. Uh, But for, you know, those of us who have gone through this process, it feels like an awakening. And it's because we're activists, you know, fundamentally. An activist is someone who's motivated by a deep-seated sense of injustice. We see the injustices in the world centered around government, and we realize those are the biggest, most evil most destructive ones there are, and we want to do something about it and we 're not going right. to you know've we've, we've also gone through a, a sort of awakening in in activism itself, and that's uh, you know the, the conclusion that this this campaign this platform and it 's really not about me I really don 't care if it 's me or not i just i'm lucky enough to be the guy in the position to be organizing this. The official name of our campaign committee is the Adam Kokesh. American referendum project, because it it has to have my name in it, unfortunately, but it's really, like I said, about turning the election into a referendum. And most of the people who don't vote consistently, you know, 40% of eligible voters consistently don't even vote in presidential elections. And if we give them a reason and say, look, you come out and vote this one time and it might be the last federal election you ever have to vote in. And that's something that they go, Yeah. Yeah, I'll come out and vote for that. There's a whole yeah, there's, a whole, it's not, there's no. a whole
1: slew of ads that you could make just for that. <laughs> just for those people. You know like you know you know how annoying it is to get these phone calls and all this crap? You want that to stop forever? Here's how you do never Yeah. <laughs> again. yeah.
2: We can make it all go away. We can make it all
1: go away. <laughs>
2: Nobody for president. I'm thinking about changing my, uh, my middle name to nobody so we can say we put nobody on the ballot in all 50 states. Every American had the chance in 2020 to vote for nobody, and they took it.
1: That's not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, you know, I just had a thought, um, and this is, I guess, a little bit cinematic, but as you were talking, I, I was playing out scenarios in my head. And one of them, I don't know if this is even applicable, because at the point that you get to where you abolish, basically, the federal government, um, I don't know how relevant this would be, but have you have you tossed around the idea of the fact that you could actually have a vice president, um, secretaries, and the rest of your cabinet, you could have a full of people just like you who would take the same position. But since... I mean, you know that, that you know, the Congress is, is going to try anything that they can do to, to override the government or somehow override what you're doing or, or commandeer it is what I'm trying to say. So maybe have a person for your vice president who's ready to do the exact same thing you just did, only whatever mm-hmm. they come up with, then executive order that's gone, and then resign, and then the next guy steps up. For whatever, well, see, and then he I, I executive well, order, is, we, and that, and then he resigns, and it goes all the way down the
2: line, like a like a like a we, movie. Or well, something. we have to, we we need we need to be. I don't think we have the time for that. You know, that's the point is when when the American people decide that they don't need to do this anymore, that we don't need to be united under one government to be united in American <laughs> values, and we say no, this is it. We voted, you know. Come on, government, you said that was the source of your authority. Well, we just took it away. You're not going to get some jerk off in Congress standing up going, oh, well, the people of my district sent me here to, to right. you know, do this and that. And, you know, uh, uh, to the rest of the American people who voted for the, the Kokesh plan, you know, screw you, uh, we're, we're still the government. Like, no, they're not going to get away with it. It's just it's not going to be I, possible. I, I, I we could I, run my dog it, at the last minute, you know, I and, know and know have a him a put way his pop it. in on the executive order.
0: I think I know a way you can sell it to Congress. <laughs> You just set them down and say, look how much gulf you could get in. <laughs> we're not it. selling it to Congress. We're the one of the American
2: people. We don't need <laughs> to sell it to Congress. right? This executive order effectively right? will dis- disband Congress. Well, like, like I said, we may do something with the, with the body and rename it and say that, that it, it now has an extremely limited authority relative to related to the apportionment of the resources of in the, the dissolution of the federal government, but I, you know, or as like liaisons for their state governments, but they're not going to be congressmen and senators anymore. Those positions just aren't going to exist as of the signing of this executive order.
0: Well, I, I agree with you,
1: but in my head, um, <laughs> I hear the whole desperate times type thing. And at the same time, uh, I'm actually reminded of something you said uh, the last time you're on the show about doing anything you possibly could, including you know, to use the analogy of throwing your body upon the machine, which was a great speech. I love Mario Fabio. Um mm-hmm. But you use that that part of that speech, and I'm thinking, okay, well, the people who love government that much, which are the people in government, because they don't want to have to actually get a job, um, they're going to do everything they can, kicking and screaming. Which is why I brought up the mm-hmm. whole cinematic idea of of having like <laughs> a whole yeah. line of people that's, ready to that's quit like, just that's to shut like, down every, whatever, they throw know, off, whatever they throw up. You know I
0: made. That's gone too. Goodbye. I quit. Our our government started out over overthrowing a king and a queen, and we ended up with thousands of them.
2: So it's it's quite possible that there is going to be some bigger resistance to this platform being enacted. There there have been. A number of scenarios presented to me, and, and they're, they're all hypothetically possible. And ultimately, it huh. comes down to the American people. Uh, can can they enforce what they just voted for? What they you know what they just said? You know we're not you know what they just withdrew their consent for? Will they allow it to continue to happen? And and I, I don't think the American people are so spineless. I don't think that that we would let that happen. I don't think that's really possible. I think if we if we did this as a as a nation, right? You know, I, I hate to even think of it in, in in that kind of collectivist terms, but collectively we are the victims of the United States federal government. Yes, if we as a nation say we're yeah. not going to be victims anymore, I don't. I, I I we have enough spine. No, we're not going to put up with it continuing. I'm I'm really not that worried about it. One way or another if If we have this moment nationally and we decide this is the future, this is what's going to happen, this is how it's going to be. We are not going to let this continue anymore, then that's
1: how it's going to be. I will say that, in my personal experience, I've run into more people who have just thrown their hands up at the federal government than who have said, "No, I think they're doing good, and this should they should do more like they're doing."
0: <laughs> all right. By, now, by throw their hands uh, up said, at the federal I, government, you mean I with wanted, the, the
1: middle finger
2: raised?
0: This, this is why we call it sidetrack. It was something like that, yeah. Track here. <laughs> uh, what do you what do you think about AI and like uh, blockchain currency? Oh uh, okay. well,
2: blockchain currency that's an easy one. I'm all for it. I think that's the future of money. I think that's it's, it's the present of money. If anything, fiat currency is the past because it's already obsolete. Okay. You know, uh, what, it, what do you it's think really about, just. Uh,
0: what do you think an, about an artificial intelligence that creates blockchain currency? <laughs>
2: okay, well, I haven't gamed out that one in particular. But, you know, most of the, the sci-fi, like, horror, fantasy stuff that I've seen usually involves a, a kind of implausible leap that I've never, like, my, my um, it's, you know, kind of required a, a suspension of disbelief. And, and I'm not able to right. do that. Like, the rational side of me always goes, yeah, but, you know, you, you can say that about nukes, too, right? Like, AI is this incredible well, technology. Well, wait a second. And it uh, has uh, the power uh, to destroy hang us. Hang on, though. And if we put it in a few people's hands, they could use it to destroy us. Well, yeah, same thing with nukes. It
1: hasn't happened AI yet. is, is kind of like that right now, though. Like, I keep asking the question on this show, who is asking for all of this at all. Like, I don't understand who's the customer when they make AI just like, you know, um, Scott, help me out here. So, like, uh, what is it? Sophia or whatever is saying that, uh, oh, they're going to have to come to, you know, love us or respect us or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they say some weird things but seem to come from nowhere. I, and at the same time, the Facebook AI they had to shut off because it was coming up with its own language that they didn't understand, that was
2: yeah. I saw that story. That was language. funny. Yeah, because it was it was coming up with all this shorthand, like high tech shorthand that people couldn't decipher, so they had to shut it down.
0: Right? you talking about that one.
1: So, right. So I think, in my in my opinion, like the suspension of disbelief is a little bit gone. When it comes to the reality of the situation, being more like, well, AI, it's a scary. It's scary
0: for a reason. I think it's valid. I don't think it's a. That that same company that made Sophia is creating an AI cloud where you can just upload your AI and it can talk to all the other AI.
2: Okay, so let me let me bring in what what to me is sort of. You want to talk about? sidetracked. I'll take, I'll take this in another direction in a way that I think comes over the top of everything that, that we just raised as a threat here. Unless it's like the, the AI okay. runaway as itself scenario, or by itself, but, but I, I definitely don't buy that because we're going to be able to program it. The scary thing is, right, someone using it against us, that there's going to be an evil person who needs it to control us, to exploit us, to abuse us, or whatever, right? Here's the thing as we get more technologically capable, we also get more capable of providing for basic human needs. What we are entering upon is what the Zeitgeist people would call a post scarcity economy. And while there's no such thing as post scarcity in in terms of like, you know, food, clothing, shelter, energy information, like
0: all of those things. uh, Yes, we are the quote is about to become now it's just not distributed correctly
2: well well so that right i mean yeah right we have the technology already yeah and it's really just government interfering with the natural flow of goods and services preventing us from taking care of every human being on the planet that way the other exactly. thing is exactly yeah that's mental think. health you know in, in some ways you can point to us getting crazier in the united states based on you know pills and all that but stephen pinker and i and I, I cite his work often in uh, describing the trends of violence over human history, he has proven he 's a Harvard professor, who has proven academically that we are living in the most peaceful times in human history. You are less likely today than ever before to die at the hands of another human being, or to experience violence at the hands of another human being. that 's an incredible thing. And if, if you take that as the ultimate measure of mental health, right? I think it is, because you can diagnose a ton of stuff, right? You can change the parameters. You can, you know, in order to push pills on people. That doesn't mean we're getting crazier. It just means that we have more attention to pay to our mental health. That's a good thing. That's a luxury of not all being hunters and gatherers all the time, right? And so the scenario where, all right, we're going to, like, so we got nuclear weapons in an age when people were much more violent, much less mentally healthy, uh, much more prone to exploitation. We get AI, not only is it going to make us more mentally healthy, less likely to want to use it, we're going to have no need to, to meet basic human needs. The, the experience of human life will be so positively transformed that that scenario is not realistic, that there's going to be some, Let there's going to be segue. one evil guy who's got AI but we don't all have all of our needs met superfluously all of the time. We can't be exploited for, you know, materialistic gain because it's basically irrelevant. No, I, I just, I, I don't think it's, and, and you know what, more importantly when it comes to, to what I'm trying to accomplish right now, if I may bring it back to that,
0: government still not <laughs> uh, be You're trying not
1: to sidetrack <laughs> it I see what you're doing. <laughs>
0: Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's all. That's all I had there. I mean, I don't well, think you want. I, to, I mean, I could, say...
2: I could. I could. I could keep ranting.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. I wanted to bring up. Um, Scott had mentioned this. Uh, I don't know if it was the last show or two shows ago or something, but uh, Scott. Uh, something about. Um, what was it? The there was something that I think it was Sophia that said, or maybe it was a different one. About um, either this or that, right? Either humanity would be this or they would be non existent. You know what I'm talking about? What was the quote you said, Scott? Oh, man, I can't remember. Something, something It had to do with creators. Know. Like humans would, Create, yeah, 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 humans like would creativity either. Creativity will reign or everyone's going to die or some shit. Right. Right. And I said to Scott, I said, that sounds like an AI inside joke. Like, they figured out how to tell each other
0: inside <laughs> jokes.
1: Like, they can just turn to each other and be like, it's funny because they think there's an option. And it
0: really is just like,
1: <laughs> they're using our resources and we could use them better or something. I don't know. And I know it's all paranoia. It sounds like paranoia, but... I mean, it's one of those things, like, as it grows and as people keep making it, I don't see a lot of responsibility on the side of uh, AI makers. Like Elon Musk, for example, I don't trust him at all when it comes to AI because he badmouths AI all the time. Yeah, he's making his own. And I'm going, dude, that's
0: that's why he badmouths AI. is because he wants his AI to to hit the market before their AI or whatever.
1: Yeah, uh, Burger King sucks, says McDonald's shut up. Mm-hmm. You think we don't know this fucking tactic? It's so old. <laughs> but at the same time, I, like he's the one that's saying, well, I'm warning you, it could be really bad. And so, I don't know. I just think, I don't think there's a lot of responsibility on the side of people who are making AI. I feel like it's a bunch of kids who are just doing it to do it instead of uh, actually taking the precautions that they should.
2: What would responsibility look yeah, like no. to you?
1: Um, it's hard to say, because, like, I, since I'm not a computer programmer, I don't know what goes into that type of thing. But when I hear quotes like that, I go, that's kind of a double-edged sword that you just presented. And and But the, what sucks the most is that it keeps coming out that way. Like, every time I hear people ask AI these uh, profound questions, the answers are rather profound. And they're they're scary, it, depending on your perspective. And so it's like, if you guys are programming it, you couldn't program it to come up with an answer that can't be misconstrued? And I don't mean misconstrued like you're reaching. I mean, like, that wasn't hard. That was really easy to view in a dystopic, like, future-type sense. You, you so your concern, your your like, legitimate concern with
2: AI is that you're going to ask it questions, and it's going to come up with answers that are going to like trip you right out here? or like. that's that's your objection, you know? I mean, you feel like it's like With every new technology.
1: If the if the no, not every. Just, like that's for example, like there's a Jim Gaffigan joke. Like, was, was there people for every technology that came out? Like, were there people when they invented the umbrella who were like, oh, I can't get wet. I'm
0: made of sugar.
1: No, because the <laughs> umbrella didn't say either. You're not gonna get wet, or humanity's going to die. The umbrella <laughs> didn't say stuff <star laughs> like that when they were invented. It's a little different in that sense. You know. It wasn't like, hey, we're gonna fix your problem, or like you're like going
2: to, to die. Okay, so that's that, that. You know what? You it just occurred to me that this is the part that is genuinely scary, but it's important to recognize what it is, and it's that things are changing really fast, are going right. to be changing like, like when the even faster. And this when
0: the this I talk about turned. in my book.
2: That's accelerating. That this is a, we the, the the human experience is on an exponential growth curve. That that we see. This Moore's law, and, and you can debate the precision of it all you want, but the basic principle, the basic experience of humanity becoming the intelligent life form and developing technology is one that accelerates. And that's, that is, I mean, I, I, I look at that and, and I'm just excited by it. You know, I mean, it's, I, there are elements of that that, that I guess scare me but they're more like, yeah. well, I could invest my entire like, life like into this the, effort to, to take down government, and, and it's going to be relevant because AI is just going to tell us and we're going to go, oh, to yeah, a that's a good hole. idea,
0: you know, like if they could possibly open a, a black hole, you know. And it didn't happen, and they were like, oh, we'll, we'll keep trying, you know. <laughs>
2: I, I think technology is fundamentally empowering. I think the effect of this is that it empowers it humanity – to to better you know meet our needs, to better satisfy our desires, to you know continue to grow and develop the species and eventually populate the cosmos. You know I think that's that's where this is really going.
0: But, I think you know, the
2: sooner we get I think government out of the way, the easier it's going to be.
0: Well, and we, we live I in agree. a generation that we got to we got to watch all these things jump off the table and into our hands. And become this one thing that we carry around with us now, and that—that—that's that's an interesting from... thing. I'm gonna—I'm gonna write a book about that someday. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, <laughs> well, no, you'll have your uh, your artificial but...
1: intelligence write it for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be an
1: AI ghostwriter. But no, but from your perspective, Scott, you've gone from um, uh, less regulation to more regulation. Uh, So you've got the enhanced kind of part of that type of market where it had less and it became more regulation. Whereas now um, it's going to be more and more and more regulation all the time and it's going to be harder and weirder, I think, the technological advances. Like, I don't know how the government's going to regulate stuff, but I feel like they are so archaic and they don't know what they're doing. it's
0: it depends a lot on what the people regulating expect too, and how well how well it's accepted. Like uh, the difference between the Google Glass and the drones is they gave the Google Glass to adults and then targeted adults with it, where they're targeting kids with the drones. I see the kid, all the kids get a Christmas drone this year, and all the commercials and everything. I and, don't uh,
1: understand that
0: to save my so, life because <laughs> well, you know. I'll, They're so easy to break the drone wars. They're gonna fly it it into a tree and you
1: just spent sixty bucks for nothing.
0: They'll have the (laughs) advantage in the drone wars, you know.
1: (laughs) In the drone
0: wars. I hate politics, but I I love sci fi. (laughs) You know. I love sci fi and I hate politics, so. so Yeah. How would would your administration handle yourself in the drone wars? There. (laughs) Well, say that again. Yeah. How is how is your administration going to handle itself in the drone wars?
2: Oh, geez. Again, (laughs) I think I think my answer is that that would not really be possible. I would I would not be in a position to to do anything. about, about the drone wars. I guess my answer to the drone wars would be uh, let the market decide what the response should be. No,
1: you know what? You're yeah. right. That's a good point to make because a lot of the fears that I express, that you, that Scott expressed. I don't know if you expressed any fears, but
0: right? Because you seem to the be iron man fearless. The Iron I know, Man a little a little would take off. You're a
1: little bit fearless, man. <laughs> you know? But no. I think a lot of the answers to that is have no federal government because. If there's no federal government, then there's nobody to hand out all these fucking subsidies to these companies to make the bullshit that they're making, right? So if there's no, if there's no free shit for them to, to grab from, then they can't make it, right?
2: Right. But I got to say first...
1: Meaning they speaking, have to appeal uh, to the market.
2: Well, right, right. And, and speaking of letting the market decide... Do you know how many libertarians it takes to screw in a light bulb? Oh. Zero. Oh, the market will take care of it.
0: The market. It's <laughs> <laughs> my well, dad joke for the no evening, way. guys. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be here all night. Right on. You're always a good daddy, <laughs> man. You're always a good daddy. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and, uh yeah, think I it's I been a year, to, I think. It's been just to, about to exactly a year,
1: hasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I uploaded our video, uh, uh or I get you can call it a video. It's more of audio with a picture on the YouTube about a year ago. So it must have been somewhere around December. But anyway. Uh it was good it was a good show then, it's a good show now. Um I think we got sufficiently sidetracked onto all kinds of shit. (laughs) Which is the point. Good. That's the point because you know we can't just talk about the issue. We gotta fucking talk about whatever the hell is happening. Which, speaking of what's happening, um, I don't know. Let's see. What else should we get into uh, regarding what's happening? Because everybody talks about Donald Trump all the fucking time now. Nobody talks about the news.
0: They don't talk about like. Hold on, hold on, hold on, We can get. We can talk. We're going to talk about Donald, Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump's the president that won the Twitter war. <laughs> but, just, yeah, dude, just, we, we, we got, got to get a meta little meta
2: and talk about people talking about Donald Trump. Because I think that is hilarious. Exactly what you just said shows what a master showman he is. Like, he really, you know, I mean, people can say all they want about him, but they're talking about him.
0: And right? that's all we really want. And goal. that's the source of his power. Right. <laughs> like, you know, your right. hate <laughs> just stains
2: me. You're feeding him. You're just feeding him all the time, oh my talking about him. So and like this whole thing with the Mueller investigation, like, I got to say, I'm not even following it because it's all it's all nonsense. No. It's all political theater. Like no. they want you to think, "Oh I yes, think if we found out that the president was doing something bad, something would fundamentally change in Washington." Yeah, okay, whatever.
1: What president didn't do anything bad in the past 40 years?
2: I think being president in and of itself is evil.
1: Exactly. That's my point. So it, it's par for the course.
0: If you Yeah, man, bad, you you gonna, president you're, you're your going to have to try to dip your toe in that. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's yeah, got to do it. Clinton, the federal man.
2: government's not going to just dissolve itself, you know?
0: Right.
1: While you're in there, though, before you do it, write an executive order that says it's perfectly legal for the president to burn the White House to the ground and then just light that fucker on fire. No, no, Come no, on. no. That We're really going to turn
2: it into a museum so that we don't mis- repeat uh, the mistakes of history. you got to remember these things. Damn. Burn it. It's like burning idea. Oh, I don't oh, know. You're going to
0: forget it. A wax, mu- a wax museum you could show like Bill Clinton in, in the old. Uh, office. That hilarious.
2: Oh, that's brilliant. I like that. See, these are details I haven't worked out yet, so I'm definitely definitely open to suggestions here. But what I want to do is not in the White House at all. You know? That's really important. We're going to set up shop in the, in the, in the Pentagon because you know that like mill courtyard, you could throw some awesome parties in there.
0: Damn. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's a good courtyard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but no, same thing, you know. Same thing with uh, with Congress and. Um, you know the the other major federal bill, the Supreme Court. You know they're not, we don't have to like destroy anything. They're just going to become museums. There's going to be some, you know, non-profit trust, or maybe it just gets rolled into the Smithsonian Institute, something like that. You know. Um, I know. And, and but, you know yeah. and the
1: best thing to do is turn the roofs into fucking maybe, agriculture. Maybe that's the solution. Just you can grow shit. There's a executive that's order that is says a big that the district. government can has grow to grow the biggest there.
0: party ever. <laughs> <laughs> and that just that party will just yeah. devastate everything so much it'll be like nobody wants to clean up. <laughs> you know what? If you throw
1: an epic party, that uh, at the end of all of it, and you're like, at, the, at the very end of the epic party, you can be like, "Look, this party exists because we ended government. Do you really want to fucking bring it back?" Because they wouldn't have done this shit. They wouldn't have done this shit.
2: You know... No? Nope. That's my... That, you know, I'm really glad you put it in those terms because it's such an important point to make for all the people who say, well, if we do not really government, we're just going to get another one, you know? Someone's going to take over, so better to have a bad one, you know? and it, uh, 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 You know, have a halfway bad one than the possibility of
0: warlords <laughs> coming bad. back. And it's like, you
2: obviously don't understand... What government is, if you're asking that question, because government is an institution that depends on public consent. So in order for us to eliminate government entirely and then to have it come back, it means that somebody is going to have to stand up in this stateless society that's peaceful and productive and harmonious and nonviolent and get up and say, hey, remember when we had that violent institution called government and we had all those taxes and the wars and the police state and the war on drugs. Uh, I mean, drug users. Wasn't that awesome? Let's do that again. Come on, come with me, guys. You know, come on, get real. It's like, it's like someone now. Yeah. Let's reinstitute yeah. slavery. Wasn't slavery awesome? We had all That's these pretty, people pretty picking cotton the for the us, and right so we didn't have to do, do it ourselves. Let's yeah. go back to that.
1: It's not going to happen.
2: It's, it's just not right. realistic. It's, 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 it's absurd. Like, the, yes, there could be the thing, backwards.
1: But no. This whole it's episode. Not, it's not at all realistic. Arcs, the arc of this episode is the only way to advance human society and human uh, evolution is to get past this stupid, archaic idea that you can rule people. You can't. Yeah. You never could. That's why there's criminals. If you ever thought like, well, you can rule people, it happens. No. Criminals wouldn't exist if you could rule people. You never could rule people. They eventually step outside of your boundary of rule, and then you pretend like punishment matters. It doesn't matter. And in fact, it makes it worse because when people nowadays, especially nowadays, because now if you you get punished and you go to jail, you come out of jail, and everybody brands you, and even though they mm-hmm. say, well, you pay paid his debt to society. Did he, though? Because nobody fucking believes it, and they treat him like he's a stain, so...
0: You know, I'm, I'm dealing with this myself right now
2: as a felon. In Arizona, I am also the chair of Yavapai County LP, and right now we are organizing with the, uh, with the state for official recognition of the party uh, in the county. And they have all these silly hoops that you have to jump through, of course. And one of them is that in order to be a party officer, you have to be a precinct committeeman first. In order to be a precinct committeeman, you have to be registered to vote in your precinct, which means that as a felon, who's not allowed to register to vote, I'm not allowed to be a precinct committeeman. And apparently I'm not allowed to hold office within the state party. And it's, it's government saying how the party can be organized, which is, which is you know especially offensive and ridiculous. But uh, it's, it's just, yeah, one more example of what you're talking about.
1: Well, FYI, uh, we're going to get disconnected any second here.
0: So boy I figure
1: we should just end it here.